0: All right, let's do this. We're going live in five, four, three.
1: Oh my, just so many business podcasts out there. How can I possibly know where to begin? Here at Intrepid Business, we're about stripping away all of the usual boring fluff and instead focus on showcasing real people doing real business, achieving amazing things. The ones truly changing the world, the instigators making a dent, the people changing how we do sales and marketing, leading innovation, the people redefining leadership. But who are these people? Why do they do what they do? How do they do what they do? Find out on Intrepid Business. And now, here are your hosts.
0: Good afternoon and welcome to Intrepid Business. I am your host, Todd Schnick. I've been very much looking forward to this conversation. Talk a lot about sales and marketing on this show, but this is a different approach. This is a different perspective and a whole different way of thinking about how to go to market. And so it's going to be a scintillating conversation and one I'm really looking forward to. Say hello to my guest. His name is Matt Britton. He is the CEO and founder of MRY. Matt, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Todd. It's my pleasure. Thanks for carving out some very valuable time to uh, join me on today's show. Matt, before we get into a conversation, we're here to talk about your new book, Youth Nation, which is (laughs) going to lead to a very interesting conversation. Before we get there, take a quick second, inform the audience a bit about you and your background, and then tell us the 10,000-foot view story of MRY. What do you do? How do you serve your market?
2: Sure. So I'm Matt Britton, founder and CEO of MRY. We are a a digital marketing agency that services some of the largest brands in the world like Visa, Procter & Gamble, and Coca-Cola. And we help them use digital media and, and new media to target their consumers and really drive engagement add value to their lives and ultimately help build brands. I started the agency back in 2002. Back then it was called Mr. Youth, because at the point I founded the agency, we were primarily focused on college students. Our business started to pivot more broadly with the advent of Facebook. We were one of the first agencies to ever work with Facebook. And as Facebook spread from beyond teens and college students to basically everybody, we really pivoted the business to have a specific expertise in the social media market. And we've kind of evolved our our brand, and that's why we rebranded as M. RY and fast forward today, we have over 350 employees around the world. And again, we service some of the largest brands in the world are really helping reinvent their digital marketing strategies.
0: Well, from teens and college students to basically everyone else, I think is the whole point of this conversation. So that's right. So the new book is called Youth Nation: Building Remarkable Brands in a Youth-Driven Culture. The key phrase there is youth-driven, which is I think the crux of what we're trying to get at here. But but Matt, before we dive into that, why did you have to write this book? There's plenty of books out. Out there about how to to market to to the young folk. Why why is this book so relevant?
2: Well, I think what's really relevant here is, you know, I spend a lot of my time talking to executives and, and specifically CMOs of major corporations. And what's become really relevant and clear to me over the last couple years is that decision makers of big businesses are largely disconnected with the massive groundswell of change that's happening right beneath their feet. New technologies, new disruptions are happening and are, and are gaining a lot of steam. And often it's too late by the time that a lot of big business decision makers actually realize what's happening. And the reason why it's different now is that young people now have more power and are more in control than ever before. They are the ones that... That grew up with technology in the household. They are the ones that have the intuitive knowledge to use these technologies to disrupt major institutions. And for big businesses, they're often largely in the dark. And by the time they actually can realize and pivot their business based on these changes, it's often too late. So this book was really written to provide a roadmap for, for people who are in the dark and to try to contextualize it, these changes for them in a way that allowed them to, to take advantage.
0: Now, to what I was alluding to a, a minute ago was this idea. All right. Yeah, sure. There is a real, viable, necessary need to figure out how to market and connect with and interact with young people, people, say, in their 20s, early 30s. But what I think the key message here, and that's why I saw it, talked about this youth-driven culture, is that because of things like Facebook and Instagram and all these different social tools, heavy majority of the populace out there are acting like youth, right? I mean, that's kind of, so talk about, I mean, there's really two things to think about here is, yeah, there is a specific strategy and tactics with which to reach young people, but then you have to be thinking about your marketing approach in a context that most people out there, including old farts like me, are actually acting like youth.
2: That's right. So actually the book is about the latter. This book isn't as much about how to target the youth audience, which is something obviously I have a lot of experience in, it's actually about the fact that the trends that young people are adopting are having reverberating effects on the entire population. Because these trends that are being adopted are based upon new technological advances, which then reverberate to to the broader population in almost every industry take uber for example U- uber is something that is now a verb in, in pop culture it was first adopted by by people who were tech savvy and, and the tech set that actually understood young professionals in the millennial audience that understood how uber worked and why it was so convenient and now you see grandmothers using it and the same really goes for Airbnb and will happen with Spotify and will happen with so many of these new companies that are disrupting industries it's only a matter of time before before they they reverberate to our broader population.
0: Matt, I'm very fortunate that by virtue of doing this show and talking to engaging personalities such as yourself, and then clearly I've adopted and see extreme value in interacting with my community on things like Twitter and Facebook and LinkedIn and so on and so forth, I I feel like I'm in this bubble. and And I worry that, yeah, because of who I hang out with and spend time with and talk to, and that I feel like the whole world is really wired into this new this new way of thinking about things, and, and it's just not the case. You mentioned Uber a second ago; not a day passes that I don't mention Uber to someone who says, "Oh, you know what? I really need to try that." And I, and I right. think I think to myself, "How in the heck is is it May of 2015 and you haven't tried Uber yet?" But that's the reality, and that's the point of this book: is that there's still really a significant amount of people out there that aren't necessarily connected to Let this Let me tell new- you
2: something, and, 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 and the, the people would surprise you. I spoke at a marketing conference last month in Chicago, and before I start to speak, I said, by a show of hands, how many people have heard of WeWork? And there were about 300 people in the audience, and two people raised their hand. Uh. Now, WeWork is disrupting commercial real estate. They're the actual, actually the number one tenant of commercial real estate in New York City. Mind you, this conference was to digital marketing executives mm. for, for, from major cities. So <laughs> if they don't know what that is, then Think about how many things are unknown unknown to the broader population in more rural areas of the country. So it's massive the disparity of knowledge and and the people who are the inside and outside is massive. And and what I tried to do with Youth Nation is bridge the gap. But the reality is that almost every single one of these trends is being driven by young people because they grew up with the internet in the household. So for them, it's intuitive to understand new technologies. It's so easy to use that it, it seamlessly is integrated with their lives, which is why young people are the first ones to adopt it. But over time, it's just a matter of time before they have larger impact.
0: Well, there isn't a person out there. You me and millions of other people who when asked would say uber has revolutionized the, the, the economy and how we're going to look at that However, there still is a, a majority of the people on the planet who have never used something like that That's the whole point here is that because what you've what you've in essence said is that we're We're, we're in the age of perpetual youth and yep. talk about the mindset shift that's required there to, to to tap into that
2: I mean, it's really about keeping your ears to the ground and, and seeing these changes as they're occurring. It's, it's not about waiting until some of these technologies become so mainstream that it actually could be hurting your business in ways that you don't even know it until it's too late. It's about being plugged in and about seeing the changes that are happening in every single industry. And, and changes that are being driven by youth and, and things like disintermediation and massive adoption of, of mobile devices and, 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 the per, and the ubiquity of big data and, and the massive impact impact that social media is having, this is impacting every single industry. So no matter if you're a baker or a doctor or a lawyer, no matter what you do, you actually have to look at what are the new technologies, what are the upstarts of my industry that are being started by young people, and what impact is it going to have on me down the line versus just ignoring these things because that, that's no longer a solution.
0: Well, what you've in essence have said, Matt, is that this calls for a new model of brand relevancy. Talk about that.
2: Well, I mean, one of the biggest changes that, that young people have driven that is certainly having reverberating effects is that traditional media and the consumption of traditional media has changed. So if you look at television, television by the younger generation is almost never watched live. They're using Netflix, Hulu, Apple TV to essentially time shift traditional programming and completely you know, phase out TV commercials, they're not reading newspapers like they used to, they're reading blogs and they're reading things like BuzzFeed, they're not in many instances listening to terrestrial radio anymore, they're listening to tools like Spotify and SoundCloud, even in the car. So what we used to refer to as traditional media is really no longer. And because that's the case, traditional advertising strategies are no longer the case either so brands can no longer rely big and small can no longer rely on traditional advertising strategies which is figuring out what is the best way to force my commercial message down the consumer's throat whether they want to or not and just actually placing it in between a tv show they want to watch or in between a radio show they want to listen to that no longer works. Instead, brands need to reinvent themselves based upon content-based marketing, and that's a major shift because in advertising, it's what is my unique selling proposition, 350 horsepower, 30% more absorbent, and how do I actually cram it down <laughs> the throats of my consumer? Now it's who is my consumer, what do they think about when they wake up at 6 o'clock in the morning, what are those unmet needs, and where does my brand fit in? How can I actually add value to the consumer? And if you add value to the consumer, then you're, then, then you're creating something that's shareable and the consumers are going to want to seek out. And then you can navigate these massive changes.
0: Yeah, it's almost like there, there, there are so many opportunities to connect with people in a meaningful way that still too many organizations are just not thinking that aggressively about. It's very, very exciting. All right, yep. Matt Britton and I will return after this quick break. We'll be right back.
1: This episode is brought to you by the new international best-selling book, Leadership Rigor. This groundbreaking book will turn everything you think you know about leadership upside down. Leadership Rigor explores how to achieve breakthrough performance and productivity through leading yourself, leading teams, and leading at the organizational level. Author Erica Piedler outlines for her readers how to become change-ready leaders. Change-ready leaders are capable of embracing challenges with agility and optimism because they have the tools, models, and language to assess, structure, and facilitate solutions. Leadership is a skill that can be learned and practiced. Take the rigor challenge and ask yourself, do you want to lead mindfully and skillfully? Or do you want to subject your teams and organizations to your unstructured thoughts and approaches? The choice is yours. Will you rigor it? You can purchase Leadership Rigor on Amazon or by visiting ericpetler.com.
0: All right, I'm back with Matt Britton, CEO and founder of MRY and the author of the new book, Youth Nation, Building Remarkable Brands in a Youth-Driven Culture. So gosh, Matt. Uh, based on the top half of our show, there are only about forty different directions I want to go with this conversation. <laughs> but let's uh, let's let's kind of focus back towards the book and some of the things you talked about there. I mean, there's a section on there that talks about Instagram, and and I and I I've told you this story before, and I'll, and I'll share it again. It, it's it's a mindset, right? Because I I think of of walking down a city street, and how different I would look at that street versus, say, my father. I don't mean to pick on my father, but I'm just envisioning him with this same— he has the same tools, same access to tools that I do— but when I'm going down that street, I'm looking for every opportunity of an interesting image or a sign or, or some in- interesting personality who's just sitting on a bench or whatever. And I take full advantage to, to Instagram that and just add some color to my community, whereas my dad wouldn't be thinking along those lines. That's right. But, but there's more and more people thinking my way just because that's starting to seep into our culture. eh?
2: Yeah, well, social experiences and experiences in general is a new social currency. So while Gen X really defined themselves by the products that they bought, you know, it was about the bling bling and showcasing your new car or new brand label clothing – Now it's about the experiences that people capture, whether it's the concerts or festivals they go to, the places they traveled, the cool things they see while actually out in the real world. And these experiences are being shared. They're being shared largely on platforms like Instagram. And what they're doing is they're helping build and define personal brands. So we are now, this new generation is now built to look at every opportunity as an opportunity for people to build their personal brands. And people are doing so via sharing. So they're trying to find interesting things that appeal to them that they have passion for that they can share, which is why somebody like you will walk down a normal street with a completely different mindset than somebody of a more disconnected generation.
0: And the the key message here, I want to be sure the audience thinks about this, is, is, is not to just become aware of that, but to play into that, right? So know that an increasing percentage of the people out in the world – are looking at the world through that lens. That's and right. So you need to set up your business, your organization, your message, your methodology, your book, your, whatever it is you're pushing and say, how can I make this thing interesting to where someone's going to want to integrate that into their community?
2: Exactly. Well, not even their community. It's, it's, why would somebody want to reflect the experience you're given mm. as part of their social brand? So, 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 so you know, what will somebody see at your store on your website as part of your product that will be interesting enough and compelling enough for them to actually want to share? And in yeah. order for it to be interesting enough for them to share, it's got to be different it's got to be passion based it's got to be something that's rem- memorable or remarkable you it, right now if you you know if you have a, a you know a walk in store on main street and it just looks like every other store, then why is someone going to want to talk about it and if they're not talking about it you, your chances of actually being seen heard and relevant have really dropped dramatically
0: yeah. That's a big mindset for a lot of people is, is to be thinking contextually that way, but it's so essential and so urgent. And and to where they may, we talked at the top of the show, Matt, about the fact that, yeah, there's still a lot of people that haven't used Uber yet, but the fact remains. So they can, I don't want them to, I don't want them to punt and say, well, because there's still a lot of people that haven't aren't acting this way. I don't have to do it yet, but I think that's a big mistake.
2: It is a big mistake because, you know, you look at data with, with a, a variety of different platforms and the numbers don't lie. You know, the growth doesn't lie of, of adoption of these new platforms. And then what is it? What's the counter of the adoption of these new platforms? So if, as more and more people adopt Uber, does that mean less and less people actually want to purchase cars? And then what does that mean for not only the automobile industry, but ancillary industries like insurance or parking, or gasoline. So you could see the reverberating effects or travel outside cities. Maybe people want to stay in cities. Maybe people, because they're not as reliant upon cars, will no longer need need to move out to the suburbs. And then what other delivery services will be able to capitalize on that? And then what does that mean for traditional retailers? So you could see the domino effect just by that one tool itself that can have on the entire economy and impact every far-reaching corner of the economy, not just the automobile space.
0: I don't think people realize the 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 just to echo what you just said Matt how impactful that's going to be on the future uh, here I'm a family I have my wife and I each have our own vehicle and I'm I'm seriously thinking of not replacing it and yep. shifting and using Uber and and anybody who knows me would say holy smokes I would never have in a million years envisioned you be that guy and that's and right. I'm that guy and that's the big change here so you know let's let's talk about uber you know I mean Matt you know that I have this uh, this this radio show and I talk about business and I talk about leadership and sales and marketing and I have a I have a healthcare channel, so I do all kinds of conversations there. And I have a lifestyle channel, so I talk about travel and, and food and wine and spirits and all. I have this broad network. And so no surprise to you that every day I'm pitched by PR representatives from every different kind of organization that describes themselves as the Uber of X. Yep, <laughs> and and I make it a policy now. This, this conversation notwithstanding, to whereas anybody who pitches me that, I don't want to talk to me anymore. Because I thought it, you, you know.
2: told me earlier that you're the Uber podcast. Ah, <laughs> <huh>? I'm,
0: <laughs> I'm stealing that. I'm going to use that a new, <laughs> new tagline. But the point of the question is, that is the new way of. That's the new economy. Is yep. is I mean, my wife and I joke that if we were to move to say Chicago or New York or San Francisco, that that we would never actually have to move. Every, we could we could Uber everything and have our suits fitted for us and and our and food delivered and and right. laundry done and all that. I mean, talk about how people need to be thinking along that context of how well, Uber I mean, is changing yeah. everything.
2: Well, I mean, it's less about Uber changing everything. It's more about the the business model of peer to peer and disintermediation. Um, basically, you know, the, ubiqu- the ubiquity of mobile devices, the power of the technology of mobile devices, the, the growth of highly dense populations, because more and more people are staying in cities, which is of course driving up real estate costs massively in metropolitan areas around the United States and around the world for that matter, is creating these powerful new services. Because the fact is that it is it is if there's demand in any service sector, there is a vibrant marketplace of providers in that sector, whether it's for dog walking or laundry or delivery, you know, their ship where somebody can come to your house for $5 and ship out anything from your home, their services where somebody can come into your house and clean it or give you massages or you name it. And that's because of these highly dense populations, the power of mobile devices and the power of the data that feeds it. So soon every business is going to be really transformed by this. And it's really growing the peer-to-peer economy because on the provider side individuals can now say if I have a specialized skill set I actually don't even need to work for a professional services firm anymore I can actually just offer my services directly to consumers through one of these platforms so it's actually changing now the entire career trajectory for a lot of young people
0: well you know I man I uh, I'll I'll date myself here but I, I still talk to a lot of organizations that really agonize over this B2C versus B2B mentality yeah and I, what I I want to look at them straight in the eye, and I want to lean over and I want to smack them in the forehead and say it isn't about that anymore. It's about peer to peer, as you said, that's right? Exactly I mean, right. That's yeah. where this is really all going to where there's not going to be a distinction,
2: right? That's right. It's the consumerization of the enterprise, and it's been going on for quite a long time. We are seeing a massive free agent or freelance movement with the younger generations. They are they are quickly finding out that the path to success might not be. Graduate from college, get an entry level position, and stay at one job your entire career because companies are changing so quickly at that there's no that guarantee doesn't exist anymore. And companies are also rapidly decreasing things like employee sponsored health care. So at the same time, there are these tools out there where again, if you have a specialized skill set, which is hugely important, whatever that skill set can be, there's a there's a vibrant marketplace of of willing buyers in these highly dense city areas that if you can figure out how to use these tools you can be a free agent and then you you are your own CEO and and then there's then there's platforms out there like WeWork where you can rent a desk for 150 dollars a month and and work out of a Google type environment you know incredible culture for 150 bucks a month and you don't have to work out of a Starbucks or your own bedroom anymore so it's really heading in this direction very quickly
0: it's well in my view anyway and I think an increasing amount of the population this is a very exciting very exciting direction Absolutely. we're running low on time and I want to close on one conversation I mean, I, I, no surprise to you Matt that I talk a lot about brands on this show and a lot about culture and 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 the biggest conversation I have on this show is where where the, you know, the distinction between no there isn't a culture at a business the business is a culture and And, That's right. and you talk about this idea that people are brands right I'm, mm-hmm. I'm Sick of the conversation where, where you think you hire a consultant, hire hang a cool teamwork banner over your f- front lobby desk, and you've changed your culture. No, it's about people, right? I mean, and, and one of the things you talk about in this book is the fact that people are
2: brands. Talk about that a bit. Well, I mean, I think in this fr- free agent, freelance driven culture, and in a world where a consumer can have a bigger audience and more reach than the, than a massive media company. That, that exists because individuals can use social media to essentially become a brand in their own right. And in a lot of cases, the star a player on a team or star executive at a corporation has way more followers and a way bigger reach than the corporation itself. Because ultimately social media is about people. It, it's always been about people. It's never been about companies. So people now have a huge opportunity to use the principles of brand building to essentially create a brand in their own right. Whether you're a, a YouTube star or you're just somebody that's trying to get a job somewhere, using the principles of brand building on yourself can actually differentiate you and give you a voice and make you a lot more um, valuable in this new economy. So that, that means figuring out what you're great at and offering it consistently, having a consistent presence across major platforms, being differentiated and really being dedicated to, to, to pushing yourself out there like a brand
0: yeah dude i can tell you i i've had this i have had this, this argument for years when i'm when i'm talking about a large enterprise selling to another large enterprise and it's a you know the traditional complex cell with a with dozens and dozens of, of decision makers that at the end of the day you're still you're still selling to a human being and that's some logo on some big granite edifice but it's even more so today with with that's, the way things are going
2: that's exactly right All that's right. exactly right
0: Matt, I hate to say it. Gosh, you and I could probably rant and rave for hours on some of this conversation, but we're out of time for today. Before I let you go, how can people contact you? Should they have questions? Where can they learn more about MRY? And most importantly, where can they get their hands on a copy of Youth Nation?
2: Yep. So start with Youth Nation. Go to youthnation.net. That's youthnation.net. And you can find out a variety of places to pick up the book. It's basically available everywhere books are sold just by searching Youth Nation on places like Amazon and Barnes & Noble. And to reach me, the best way is over Twitter, at MattyB. M-A-T-T-Y-B. It's very easy. You can find me over Twitter. and pretty responsive there. And thanks so much for having me. It's been a really great experience. Lots of fun.
0: My pleasure. Matt Britton, CEO and founder of MRI and the author of the new book, Youth Nation, Building Remarkable Brands in a Youth-Driven Culture. Matt, real pleasure. Thanks for your time.
2: Thanks so much. Take care. Bye-bye.
0: All right. Well, that wraps this conversation. Again, on behalf of my guest, Matt Britton, I'm Todd Schnick. We'll see you soon on Intrepid Business.